Good morning, good morning. Today is Tuesday, February 14th. Happy Valentine's Day. It is currently 37 degrees, supposed to get to a high of 70 today. Uh, looks like maybe a little partly cloudy, um, but sun's out right now. And uh, let's pray and we'll ask the Lord's blessing. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for a beautiful day, Lord. We just thank you for waking us up. Lord, we just ask that you work in and through us today, Lord, that uh, you would forgive us, Lord. Help us to forgive, Lord, in that same degree that you forgive us, Lord. Lead us not into temptation. Lord, we ask that you provide for our daily needs, as you always do, Lord. Abundantly, amazingly, Lord, you're so amazing. Lord, we just ask that you would accomplish your will, Lord, your plans, your directions, your everything, Lord, that you would accomplish that on earth here. And Lord, that we would be willing vessels, just make us into useful vessels, willing vessels, clean vessels, Lord, that you could use to further your kingdom, Lord. And so, Lord, open our eyes and our hearts to your leading, to your spirit, Lord, and we would just uh, hear and see, Lord, even in these the little things, Lord, that they would, we'd just follow, Lord. So be with us right now, Lord, as we get into another lesson, Lord, about uh, your amazing grace, Lord. Fill us with your spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Grace and good works. 1 Corinthians 15 is our text for today, titled The Resurrection of Christ. Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved, if you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I've delivered to you, as of first importance, what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures, and that he was buried and he was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures, and that he has appeared to Cephas, then to the Twelve, then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. Last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also to me. For I am the least of the apostles, unworthy to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace towards me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though I was, it was not I, but the grace of God that is with, with me. Whether then it was I or they, so we preach and so you believe. Now, if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some say of you, how can some of you, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? For if there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, 
and our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. We are even found to be misrepresenting God because we testified about God that he raised Christ, whom he did not raise, if it is true that the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in Christ we have hope, in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. But, in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the firstfruits of those who have fallen asleep. For as by a man came death, by a man has come also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. But each in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, then... At his coming, those who belong to Christ. Then comes the end when he delivers the kingdom of God the Father after destroying every rule and every authority and power. For he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death, for God has put all things in subjection under his feet. But when it says all things are put in subjection, it is plain that he is accepted. He is expected who put all things in subjection under him. When all things are subjected to him, then the Son himself will also be subjected to him who put all things in subjection under him, that God may be all in all. Otherwise, what do people mean by being baptized on behalf of the dead? If the dead are not raised at all, why are people baptized on their behalf? Why are we in danger every hour? I protest, brothers, by my pride in you, which I have, Christ Jesus our Lord, which I have, I protest, brothers, by my pride in you, which I have in Christ Jesus our Lord. I die every day. What do I gain if, humanly speaking, I fought with beasts at Ephesus, if the dead are not raised? Let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. Do not be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. Wake up from your drunken stupor as it is right, and do not go on sinning, for some have no knowledge of God. I say this to your shame. But someone will ask, how are the dead raised? With what kind of body do they come? You foolish person, what you sow does not come to life unless it dies, and what you sow is not the body that is to be, but a bare kernel, perhaps of wheat or of some other grain, But God gives it a body as he has chosen, and to each kind of seed its own body. For not all flesh is the same, but there is one kind for humans, another for animals, another for birds, and another for fish. There are heavenly bodies and earthly bodies, but the glory of heaven is of one kind, and the glory of of the earthly is another. There is one glory of the sun, and another glory of the moon, and another glory of the stars, for star differs from star in glory. So it is with the resurrection of the dead. What is sown is perishable. What is raised is imperishable. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. If there is a natural body, there is also a spiritual body. Thus it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. But it is not the spiritual that is first, but the natural, and then the spiritual. The first man was from the earth, a man of dust. The second man is from heaven. 
as was the man of dust, so also are those who are of the dust. And as the as it is in as and as is the man in heaven, so also are those who are of heaven. Just as we have borne the image of the man of dust, we shall also bear the image of the man of heaven. I tell you this, brothers: flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised to imperishable, and we shall be changed. For this perishable, perishable body must put on the imperishable, and this mortal body must put on immortality. When the perishable puts on imperishable, and the mortal puts on immortality, then shall come to pass the saying that is written. Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Right, amazing scripture there. Grace and good works. But the grace of God, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God, which was with me. 1 Corinthians 15.10 The grace of God is not only his dynamic for producing spiritual fruit in our lives, but it is is also his means of developing good works in us as well. The Apostle Paul had a powerful testimony to this truth. Paul became an earthly church leader who was engaged in more good works than any other believer. I labored more abundantly than they all. No one worked harder in ministry than Paul did. He traveled the known world preaching the gospel. He discipled those who put their trust in the Lord Jesus. He gathered those believers into churches, often functioning as their initial pastor. Then he would appoint leaders and even visit them on occasion for further encouragement and training. Additionally, he wrote major portions of the New Testament, typically while locked up in prison. Yes, Paul labored abundantly. In another letter he wrote, To this end I also labor, striving. Colossians 1.29 Elsewhere he stated, For you remember, brethren, our labor and toil, for laboring night and day we preach to you the gospel of God. 1 Thessalonians 2.9 As he wrote the believers in Corinth, he recalled, Are they ministers of Christ? I am more. In labors, more abundant. In journeys, often. In weariness and toil. 2 Corinthians 11. How startling to learn that Paul was not the cause behind the wondrous effect. This is seen in his confession. Yet not I. Paul exerted himself for the sake of the gospel of Jesus Christ. How can a man labor strenuously and yet not be the cause of it all? The answer is in the remainder of his testimony. Yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. God's grace at work in Paul's life was the effective dynamic that brought forth such godly labor here on earth. 
but by the grace of God, I am what I am. If we put our hope in the Lord, His grace will prove effective in our lives as well, giving us a testimony similar to Paul's, and His grace towards me was not in vain. Access to this transforming grace is once more linked to the two relational realities of humility and faith. Paul humbly admitted this fact, yet not I. He also exercised faith in this corollary truth, but the grace of God which was with me. O God of all grace, I cry out to you to work your grace in my life, producing abundant good works in me, as you did in Paul. Lord, I desire to labor in your service. I am encouraged to see that I do not need to measure up to Paul myself. I need only to trust in your grace, the same grace that was not in vain in Paul's life. So humbly, confessing my inadequacy, I exercise faith in your effective grace. In Jesus' holy name, amen. Amen and amen. You guys be blessed today.